Good morning, everybody. Uh, wherever you're, wherever you're watching this from, the comfort of your sofa. Uh, I imagine. Um, welcome to my garage. We we have uh, this um, the last couple of weeks have uh, encouraged us to clean out our our garage and create a bit of an an office space. Um, so that's been. So that's been one positive um, amongst the many challenges that we are all facing together. Um, last week was a novelty. Last week was uh, as us, as part of Grace Community Church and many other churches across, uh, across our country and across the world were getting their head around um, being the church online. Uh, it was a novelty last week um, but for me I am already having withdraw withdrawal symptoms from physically being together. Uh, so, uh, so without being dismissive of technology because it is a gift to us in this season um, that, that, that novelty is, is wearing off and the withdrawal symptoms are already beginning to set in of or physically being together, uh, I'm sure you're you're like me, and uh, like many others who are are having having to learn new rhythms, having to establish new patterns. And the truth is that those those rhythms and those patterns uh, we're establishing them, we're 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 learning them, whether we whether we like it or not. Uh, they are they're they're healthy or they're unhealthy. They are going to feed the flesh, or they're going to feed the spirit. And so that's uh, before going into some of the thoughts that I want to present this morning. I just want to remind you of what we're wanting to do on our Thursday on our Thursday evenings uh, over the the, the Zoom platform. Um, we've decided that over the next number of weeks we want to look at the the twelve spiritual disciplines. Um, as as made popular, I suppose, by Richard Foster, uh, among many others, uh, and so we started out on Thursday night looking at the first discipline. The first discipline being uh, meditation. But the idea, the idea of these twelve disciplines, are that they would help us create healthy rhythms. They would help us create healthy rhythms that push us deeper into Jesus, if we will let them. They are healthy rhythms that will feed our inner being, that will help feed the spirit rather than feed the flesh. And uh, for me, and some of you will have heard me saying this many times, probably probably over the last uh, few days, um, I don't want to get to the end of this time. I don't want to get to the end of these few months and realise that I missed an opportunity that I will never get again. I don't want to get to the end of this time and realise that I've missed an opportunity to deepen relationship with God and with family and with those with with those around me, those that are in my friendship circle, those that are in my sphere of influence. I don't want to miss an opportunity to deepen those relationships. And so um and so just on the, the idea of meditation, I um I know it doesn't. It maybe doesn't suit everybody to come together at seven o'clock on Thursday nights. Um, 
as much as I'd love you to be there, as much as I'd love you to, to create that time and that space, I still want to make sure that we're, we're trying to get the, the ideas of these 12 disciplines into your hands in some way. And so um, over the next couple of days, I'll, I'll create a bit of a, a, a few bullet points that we can, that we can share together. Um, again, preference would be that we're all in some way engaging with it at the same time um, but just so you, just so that you can be aware that I'm gonna send those send those details out um, over the next couple of days and um, as Nev has already said uh, this week we're going to be um, looking at looking at prayer so last week was meditation this week's prayer the following one is fasting and then we'll look at study uh, then we'll look at um, simplicity. We'll look at solitude. Many other, many other disciplines that we're going to look at over over the next number of weeks. Um, if you've got your Bible, uh, why don't you why don't you grab your Bible, your physical one, if if possible. Um, I'll leave a couple of seconds. I'll pause here to encourage you to run and find it. Find where it is. Uh, and why don't we go to Matthew chapter 6. I'd love to share just a few thoughts this morning on Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses uh, 19 to 24. Um, and in a few minutes we'll, we'll, read the, we'll read the end of the chapter from 25 through to 34. But just initially let me read from verse 19 to 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Once again, I find myself just being challenged by the words of Jesus on uh, that he, his preaching on his famous Sermon on the Mount. But it's these few verses in particular that, that, have, that have really caught my attention over the last few days. Especially whenever we, we uh, although I've tried not to be as um, influenced by, by the news and the media over the last number of days, but you can't avoid, you can't avoid the, the images and the stories of people hoarding. Um, stockpiling and the message version uh, Eugene Peterson translates these verses that I've just read um, don't hoard treasure down here he says he goes on to say stockpile treasure in heaven so in some ways stockpiling hoarding is a good thing but it just depends where you're hoarding it for don't hoard treasure down here stockpile treasure in heaven um, if you're anything like me I, we can so often think I, I know 
I have often approached the the idea of the treasure that Jesus mentions here as a, I think I think of this treasure in view of, of um, his riches or wealth, but unfortunately you're not off you're not off the hook that easy because the tr- the treasure here in view is all the things that we put our trust in and cling to. As that does that doesn't just include our riches and our wealth. I think we're finding right now that there are many things. What what's happening right now is that the things that we have put our trust in, the things that we have that we are clinging to are truly being exposed. And so the idea of treasure that Jesus is referring to is anything is all the things that we put our trust in and all the things that we can so easily cling to. And as I've said, that's, that's what's been the challenge for me. This has been a time, this time has exposed where my trust truly lies. This time is, has, has exposed what I actually cling to and what I actually depend on. And so I, um, I wanna, as we continue to think about, about treasure, I wanna share three reasons that I think we find in these in these verses in Matthew chapter six, why we shouldn't, why we shouldn't gather up earthly treasure. The first one being that the world is a very uncertain place. The world is a very uncertain place, and for for all of us, it this this applies to all of humanity. It feels like that any sense of certainty that we had, any illusion of control that we had has certainly been destroyed. And one of the reasons why, the first reason why we shouldn't gather up earthly treasure simply is that the world is a very uncertain place. And I don't think that I need to labour this point. I think it is clear as we, as we engage with all that's going on around us that the world is a very uncertain place. Uh, the second thing, the second reason why we shouldn't gather up earthly treasure is that is is going back to um, verse twenty one, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. See, Jesus here is making it clear that whatever we whatever we fix as our treasure will obsess our whole life. Wherever we fi- whatever is fixed as our treasure will obsess, will take over, will dominate. Our, our whole life. See, in, 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 this, on, in the midst of this sermon, Jesus is not saying that the heart should be where the treasure is. He's just outright saying it, where the treasure is, is where your heart will be. Um, there's another Bible version that, that I love to read. It's a part of the Bible for Everyone series that has been, um, is a, Translation by N.T. Wright. And he says in verse Matthew 6, verse 21, Show me your treasure and I'll show you where your heart is. And so the challenge for, again, the challenge for me and I think the challenge for us today is that whatever you're trusting in, whatever you're trusting in and whatever you're clinging to is where your heart truly is. And so there's lots of things, I think, inevitably, there are lots of things that this, uh, 
this lockdown is going to expose. It's going to expose where your trust is. It's going to expose where your de- where your dependence is, what you're clinging to. It's going to reveal where your heart truly is. I'd love to share for a few moments just on uh, verse 22, this idea of the eye is the lamp of the body. See, this, the idea of the single eye was a Hebrew idea that our English, our English translations, uh, our English language just doesn't fully capture. But this idea of the, the Hebrew idea of the single eye that is, that is being referred to here in, uh, in Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, is it refers both it refers both to a single aim in life and to a generous unselfish spirit so jesus is talking about the eye being a lamp to the body and the eye being good or the eye being bad he's referring to this this hebrew idea that is both a single aim in life or single aim in life and a generous unselfish spirit And to, and, to, and to use its opposite, the, again, the Hebrew idea of the evil eye was a covetous nature. It was a, a nature that was ungenerous. It was, it was a nature that was unsatisfied, that never had enough. It was always looking at what somebody else had. It was always looking to, looking to go after something else. I've just been thinking a wee bit about this, the idea of the, this Hebrew idea of the single eye. Is it equally to be, or f- to be fixed on Jesus. Or s- this, this one aim, this single aim, this pursuing one thing. And we've talked about that, with, we talked about that right at the start of January. Feels like a long time ago now. But at the start of January, that's what we, we spoke about this one Psalm 27, this one thing that I've asked, this one thing that I've seek, sought that I would dwell in the house of the Lord, that I would be, that I'd find myself in the presence of the Lord. The psalmist gave himself to that. It was this single aim. It's the one thing that he pursued. The Apostle Paul again says the same. He said the same thing. Everything else, everything else is rubbish. Everything else is, is nothing compared to knowing Jesus, this one thing, this one pursuit. And so the idea is that equally fixed on Jesus, single aim, pursuing one thing and in our generosity towards others. And again, really simply, as I, as I, just, as I go through the teaching of Jesus, as I reflect once again on the Sermon on the Mount, he just keeps bringing us back to that, that simple truth, that simple truth that he spoke to the children of Israel Right back at the beginning, the one command that he gave them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor. And again, as we, as we look at this, this Sermon on the Mount, as we think of this Hebrew idea of the single, this, this single eye, we again see that he's bringing us back to loving God, single aim, fixed on him, and to loving others, or generosity, our unselfishness towards those around us. Let me continue to read this from this, this uh, following the same portion of Scripture. Verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more important than food and body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air that do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying could add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Words, I think, for some of us that we need to, to re-familiarise ourselves with. And I don't want to be insensitive enough to say that this, is, this, is, this can be easier said than done. But, but this is, in some ways, I think this, Jesus is offering us the remedy to, to worry. Offering us, offering us an alternative to anxiety. And it's again reflecting on what we've what we've already been talking about. This single aim, this pursuit of the, of one thing, our eyes fixed on one person, on Jesus. Seek first the kingdom. Again, we've I think we've said it before, if you don't seek the kingdom first, you don't seek it at all. It's a challenge, it's a real challenge for us and and um, and ideas that I continue to be challenged with personally, and and um, and wondering what what that what that looks like. All of a sudden, as we read through these verses, it feels like like we're we're able to measure where where we're at. We're able to measure where our trust is truly lying. We're able to measure where what it is we are truly depending on. We're able to measure what where our treasure really is. As we, as we talk about seeking first his kingdom in the context of not being anxious or not worrying, um, I, I, I'm, I'm suggesting, I've, I've been asking questions to some of the guys, some of the men, like is... Is it is evidence of whether you're seeking the kingdom first or not? How much you are worrying? How much you're filled with anxiety? Jesus seems to be saying, don't worry. Don't be anxious. And it's like, well, Jesus, how? Like how do we not worry? How do we, how do we avoid this this level of anxiety that that sneaks up on us, that creeps, that creeps in every every so often, every time we turn on the news, every time we 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 flick down our Facebook feed? How do we avoid it, Jesus? Seek first the kingdom. 
seek first the kingdom and all of these other things all of these other things will be will be added onto you you're worried about about food you're worried about you're worried about how you're going to be provided for and that's the third reason that's the third reason the third reason why we where we, where we shouldn't gather up earthly treasure is that provision has already been made. The third reason is that is that provision has already been made. If he's going to clothe the lilies, he's going to feed the birds, how much more is he going to care for you? Bridget, I'm really missing your bottle of water beside me here. Um... Provision has already been made. I suppose for me, my fear is that we, that I, maybe we, miss some of these principles because our eye is fixed on something else. Or our treasure is somewhere else. Or we're storing up stuff that can be gone in a moment. We miss some of the things that Jesus is wanting to teach us. In the midst of challenge, in the midst of uncertainty, we can miss some of what he's wanting to reveal to us. And so I, I really want to be speaking hope in these days. And, and thank goodness we've got Jesus. Whenever we've, whenever we've got Jesus, whenever there's some revelation of who he is and what he's done, we're always able to speak hope. And so we want to keep doing that. But I also don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to miss an opportunity for, for, for times of, of reflection. Reflection that would lead us to confession. Reflection that would lead us to repentance. And so we want to be challenged on those things. We want to be challenged about where we're placing our trust. We want to be challenged about where our treasure truly lies. And so the three things, the three things really quickly, really simply... Nothing mind-blowing here this morning, but um, the world is a very uncertain place. And Jesus makes it clear that whatever we fix as our treasure will obsess, will dominate our whole life. And so in light of that, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting Jesus, the things of the Spirit, to be, to be, my, to be my treasure. I want, I want Jesus and his words and his ways and the things of the Spirit to, 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 to completely dominate my life, to completely dominate my home in these days. And so whatever our treasure is, that will dominate our whole life. And the third reason is that provision has already been made. And so I am... Um, I hope there's there's something there for you to to uh, to be challenged with, to take hold of, to enter into conversation around around lunch. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 missing you all. I uh, um, these times I suppose are are good. They cr- create a a renewed gratitude for for relationships and for one another. Um, so yes, can I, let me just pray and, um, and have a good day. Bless you all. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being part of this this morning.
Father, I thank you for um, this opportunity to be together. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your uh, unfailing, unending love toward each one of us. And thank you, thank you, God, that those are, are are two things that we can be incredibly certain of that you're good and that you love us. And so, Father, I pray that in each home, in each home and on each sofa and around each dinner table today, that you would um, make your presence known. You would fill us with such hope. You would fill us with such purpose. God, you would challenge us, God, in order not to condemn, but in order to to transform us, to increasingly transform us into your likeness with ever-increasing glory. So we love you, Lord. We love you. We, we bless your name. We pray that you would um, continue to be so near to those on the front line. Would you continue to bring revelation. We continue to bring healing. Continue to... Um, God, help those that know you to make much of you in the midst of difficulty. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you all. Thank you.